Okay. Anyone have any really good hair um, recommendations? Because my hair's just not great. Yeah. My, I want to grow it. I've seen a lot of rosemary oil. Does that not make... Do you think that makes you smell like a little rose thinner? Yeah. <laughs> Might do, actually. <laughs> Never thought about it. I thought rosemary smelled quite nice. Like, rosemary does smell really nice, but also, does it make you... Yeah. I don't know. Because I'd be a bit... I don't know, it's meant to be very good though. My hair just feels like shit at the minute. Yeah, same. Like it just like dry. Feels, yeah, dry and, and flat and gross yeah. and frizzy and just generally all around unpleasant. Yeah, we need to come up with a plan ASAP. Yeah, we do because there's going to be a wedding Woo-hoo. and we have to have nice hair for you especially. Yeah, especially after all your dreams. Me in the bathtub. <laughs> I have, so I've had so many dreams and I think it's reflective of the fact that Maddie's quite chill about this wedding. Everyone else is not. But... The recurring dream is that it comes to the wedding day and like nothing's ready. No one's ready, nothing's prepared, no one like so the makeup artist has said has recommended that everybody, the bridesmaids and everyone gets their um like eyebrows and eyelashes tinted and shaped and everything so that it just saves time on the day. We get to the day no one's had that done. No one's got their shapewear, no one's sorted out their boob situation. Maddie then usually ends up in the motherfucking bath. And it's like, Maddie, get out of the bath. We need to get married. She's like, no. <laughs> I'm enjoying and, myself. And she's just in the bath and then it gets dark. All these people turn up that you don't know. Do you have... So my stress dreams about the wedding, before I just let go and am now not stressed, were all um, that everyone showed up in the dark. Yes, everyone shows up in the so dark. So stressful. Do you think everyone's going to show up or there's going to be like an apocalypse or something? Could you imagine? If there is, then we should... Will be promoted to like the like <laughs> chief like psychics <laughs> like yeah everyone shows up in the dark yeah in, in all the dreams I've had everybody it, it's it's dark and like <gasps> it's really weird this is gonna be scary it's not gonna be scary it's not gonna be scary because it's gonna be summer you're getting married in the afternoon like it's not gonna be dark yeah and if the apocalypse happens it's gonna be dark maybe there's gonna be a surprise random eclipse ugh. I hope not. But even in the eclipse, it's not like dark, 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 dark. Yeah. Anyway. Bonjour. Guten Tag. Oh yeah, that's right. How was your week? Uh, yeah. A lot of energy behind that question. Um, yeah, it was really good. Oh my god, I can't even remember what happened to be honest with you. Um, yeah, no, neither. Yeah, no, it's been good. It's been good. The work has been ticking along. Didn't have very much energy for work today, but had lots of energy for other things. Just yeah. like random like bursts of energy and would then sit down and like furiously type and then get a ramp. I don't know. Yeah. But yeah, no, it's been, yeah, I don't know. It's just been another yeah, week. Another week. Time is going very quickly. It's very scary how fast time's going. Do you ever think about how much you've forgotten? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And all these experiences and... All the random and all the random things that used to seem so normal to yeah. you, yeah. And then when you stop doing them, yeah. And you build new experiences, and you totally forget about what used to be normal. What used to be normal, yeah. Like you know when you break up with someone, yeah. And you had or like you don't speak to a friend anymore, or mm-hmm. or you move out of your parents' house, whatever. And you have all these things that seemed so normal, yeah. And then suddenly they're just not in your life anymore. And yeah. you build new routines and you totally forget about these things that you used to do. And you're probably never going to do them again. 
because the situation Very isn't insightful. the same. It's really weird. Yeah. All the things I th- we've forgotten. All yeah. Experiences. I mean... What do you think something impactful that you may have forgotten and just remembered now? No, I haven't remembered anything. Oh. I just think about all the, like, mundane days, like you were saying, like, it was just another week. How you... How, like, there's so many days and weeks like this that we're probably never going to remember. No, that's And are so we going to remember this week? Probably not. That's so Unless true. we listen to this podcast and think back to the week that we discussed not remembering weeks. And that's, we're probably going to remember it now. That's kind of, like, given, like, an almost, like weird like out of body type sensation and oh. you have all these normal weeks where nothing special happens yeah. and you just never remember it mm. that's what you made me think of just then that's quite weird yeah welcome to my head anyway my week's been fine work's still interesting it's mm. getting a little bit better um yeah it sounds like things might be moving in a slightly more forward positive direction direction. yeah which is always good which is what happens when you start speaking up and being honest um Mm. funny that speaking up not in a bad way yeah but doing it respectfully yeah yeah yeah. i just asked for a to pull a one-on-one forward and had my voiced my opinions Mm. and honestly felt so much clearer after that that's good and it's important that you are in a space that you can do that as well and that it's really difficult because you have to balance between you don't want to feel like you're like whinging and complaining, but if something is really bothering you, you actually do have to talk about it. Yeah. Because otherwise you just... I always struggle with that. I always feel like I'm a, like moaning and ungrateful and mm. all of that, and I always have to check myself before I like speak up or say that I'm like unhappy because I'm like, well, in perspective, I'm actually really lucky, but in my I think sometimes you have to remember that, like, yes... There are people that have it worse than you, but you're not living their life. So, yes, you need to be grateful for what you've got, but at the same time, it is okay to go through those ups and downs. Life problems are pretty much not comparable. Yeah. If you, like, stub your toe and complain about it a lot, that's not the same as someone that's, like, lost their whole family type thing. Obviously, that's Mm. not what I'm saying. But your life problems are still your life's problems, and you are still allowed to voice them and when something is causing you distress you're still allowed to talk about it even if someone else may have it worse off or different like yeah especially in the workplace like if you have a grievance that is really like challenging you and you're finding it really difficult to deal with you can absolutely talk about it. You spend 80% yeah. of your week at work. Like, I know you told me that this week, and I was like, whoa. <laughs> I don't actually know if it was 80%. I think it is. It's quite know. a lot. It's a yeah. lot. It's a lot of time. You spend a lot 40 of, hours. You spend a lot of time at work. Um, I kind of base that 80% of the week on you spend five days out of your five days. Work. I don't know. Really. I don't know either. Maths is not my It doesn't matter. It's fine. Math. It's fine. Girl math. Um, 80%. But, <laughs> but you do spend a lot of time at work, so you have to... It has to be mm. something that you, like, if, if something is really, like, causing you issues, you have to be able to talk about it. Otherwise, you're just going to, what, you're just going to exist in this really horrible, miserable state? No. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's a big, it's a big part of your life. <laughs> it's a big part of your life. And I think there's, there's a certain, there's a certain, like, tolerance you have. Because work, unless, I don't know... I think everybody has bad days at work. Yeah, you could be, for sure. You can be Taylor Fifth and Swift and have, like, bad days at work. And everybody has 
times where they're not enjoying their job as much. But you kind of, you know the difference between a bit of a meh day and when something is fundamentally like causing real issues. And I feel like you're pretty, we're both pretty good at this being yeah. like, we've, we've crossed over that line now. We know we need to stand up and say something. Yeah. I think for me, I'm like, well, work allowed me to work for three months overseas and work of like pushed me up into a new role and there's like a lot of things that I'm looking my head on like oh they're doing so much for me Mm. but actually at the end of the day I I need to flip it and say yes they're doing so much for me but yes I also work my ass off for them and yes they probably wouldn't allow me to do some of the things that I've done especially like going to America if it didn't benefit them in some way and the benefit might be that I didn't quit and walk away even though I might not have I don't know what I would have done but There's still some benefit for them. That's totally it. Because the reality is companies, unless... I mean, every so often, you'll get ones that are, like, really great Mm -hmm. and you might know the boss personally, whatever, blah, blah, blah. Companies don't do anything unless there is something in it for them. Yeah. They really don't. Yeah. Because I remember thinking the exact same way with a job that was actually treating me like shit. I was like, well, you know, they let me go to America. They let me take a sabbatical for three months. They were desperate for me because I was going to quit but they yeah. were desperate for me to take that flipping sabbatical because so they stay. Kn- so that I would stay because they knew they'd never rehire someone at my wage point what I was doing yeah they knew they'd have to pay someone probably about 5000 more pounds sure. a year to yeah re- to fill that role that's insane but they knew because I'd been there that I'd come back and when I got back I was like oh well you know I have this real sense of loyalty to them everything's really shit at the minute I'm having to at times single-handedly run a department Mm. on a very junior 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 wage and I'm being having all these things expected of me but you know they let me have that three months off so I owe it to them like yeah they've looked after me they've looked after me no they haven't it's such a big mentality like (laughs) yeah I know no they actually haven't they've looked after the company yeah and that's fine like it's like we were talking about the other day with HR like you can never really trust HR because you don't ever know who's got like they have the company's best interests at heart this is the best advice I've ever been given but they'll pretend to have yours at heart yeah 100% and you'll meet people that that work in HR, like work with some lovely HR people who are genuinely nice and on a personal level care mm. about you and your feelings, but at their job level, they're in it for the interest of the company because yeah. they are trying to work out a way that they can resolve the issue that protects the company. Mm. So ultimately, this is quite extreme, but you don't turn around and take them to like an employment tribunal type situation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. again, it, that that's quite far Next down level. the line, but you know it's it is a possibility and that they don't have to put extra money and resources and all sorts of other things into it that they can just deal with it Mm. so yeah hr will always be on the company side yeah do you think that a lot of companies need like that womanly and i'm only bringing this up because it was brought up i was having a discussion with someone about it today where people just want to feel safe and they want to feel nurtured and they want to like employees always want to feel like someone cares about them. That's higher up, but not like someone that'll check in and be like, Hey, you're good. Or 
like I've had someone in my job checking on me and kind of like try and take me out for a coffee to see if I was okay but actually just wanted intel on everything else that was going on mm. and I could tell straight away and I was a bit like this is a bit meh mm. but you can tell when someone's genuinely like are you good are you concerned about you whether they're HR or not do you think that like most companies are missing that point or is there like a balance I think yes green flag and no yes and no it's a role that usually tends to fall to older women I know my mum's done it like even though she's not HR (laughs) like you're you know they take on that it's almost like a maternally maternal role and it's yeah like an older woman that you can go to i mean it's not i think middle age i think you know men probably also can do it but it's usually an older person that you can go to that has been through Mm. like the working mill a long time and you all feel like you can kind of go to that person and they'll check in on you and they'll genuinely act like like you have your work mum. Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. And they'll genuinely act like a mum. Yeah. And it's... Shout out to you, mum. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure out. your whole team thinks so too. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. And I think it is important that there is that figure. Yeah. Because sometimes if that figure is HR... It's not, it is very, it's, those lines can become quite blurred. And sometimes actually you want someone that you can speak to when sometimes something isn't serious enough to go up to HR, but mm. you want, like, I don't know, you just want someone in your corner and you want yeah. someone that gets it and understands. Because I don't know you, but when you come home and you try and talk to someone outside of your workplace about your workplace, yeah. they'll sometimes be like, oh, that sounds really bad. But they're not in there with you. Yeah. So they don't fully understand it. Understand it. Yeah. It's, it's nice to have that kind of caring figure that makes you feel validated, that, but that also is there with you so that you don't have to do any background explaining. Mm. They know who everybody is. <laughs> they know what's going on. They know on. what's going on. And yeah, just have someone, especially as a younger employee, have someone that's there yeah. to give you that little boost. Yeah. Because it's really intimidating when you're a younger employee to, it is. to be like, you know what raise your voice yeah, just speak your mind from the start not in a bad way not no. i'm not i don't mean not in a bad way i mean in a not in an aggressive way mm. in an honest way yeah in an honest way and also no one knows what they're doing yeah like no one not that 18 year old you work with not that 50 year old you work with mm. the ceo like everybody bullshits everybody bullshits like speaking of bullshitting this is a great little intro way into our topic i know you're about to continue talking i actually wasn't i can stop where i am it was all well either way we'll go back to the bullshit yeah have you ever oh sorry team rewind to the start so comfy while they're getting rewind noises Um, I'm taking over this episode. <laughs> okay, as always. I think we've done this before. We've taken over an episode. I was terrified. And it turned out to be our best ever performing episode. Oh, did it? No. <laughs> <laughs> you could have gone with that. You were genuinely won- I could have 100% believed you. And you know, I think our best performing one was our very first one. 
You really probably need to listen more. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Sorry. Anyway. Uh, bullshit. Um, have you ever bullshitted on your CV? No. Liar. But. Okay. No, but. I was once allowed to give myself a title. Oh. And I severely overinflated my own title. Absolutely. So I gave myself the title of communications manager. Yes. Which technically I kind of was. Yes. Because all external and internal comms mm-hmm. were designed and curated by me. Yeah. I used to like I did a lot I of know this. client management. Yes. It was the title that I think got me noticed by recruiters and things when I was moving here. Yeah. So it was my job before I moved here. And I basically said to my boss at the time, can I give myself a title? Can I be a communications manager? Yeah. And he was like, yeah, that's fine. Oh, so your boss approved it. So my boss approved it, but it was, I was working, when we first started, it was just a team of three of us. It grew to be a team of, five I think mm-hmm. five or six and like I ended up like sort of semi-managing no Patrick not the that time was floss. she oh. had like a stroke <laughs> no floss not the time and um, ended up managing like a few of the people sort of yeah so like I it, it it wasn't totally out of the realm of like yeah it was what I was kind of doing mm. but it was comms management on a much smaller yeah scale like i probably i wouldn't have been able to go in to a communications manager role yeah anywhere bigger yeah if that makes sense yeah. like gotcha i probably i could now like yeah. with my job experience now i could and yeah. like i could certainly get absolutely give it a crack like <laughs> it's on the cv <laughs> it's on the cv no but i remember and that kind of came crashing down on me a little bit yeah. when i had an a chat with one recruiter from over here yeah and she was like well your title says communications manager but what you're saying to me doesn't sound like a communications manager oh, really and I was like eh. and you know we were having that chat about recruiters the other day and how yeah. you speak to some and it feels amazing and you speak to others and you're just like <laughs> yeah someone can be really rude how do I have any fucking job whatsoever and she made me feel very shit oh I hate that because and I felt like I'd been caught out in this lie yeah and as i say it's not a lie yeah because i genuinely was in the communications manager i genuinely was the communications manager it was just a very small oh actually it's a very broad like job title it's a ridiculously broad job title and like design and i designed loads of processes and you know helped build out the entire admin side of the company like you know i originated the Mm. role that now a few people are in like but yeah, I remember yeah. after that feeling very shit and feeling like, oh my God, I'm never going to get a job. Like it's mm. all going to, I'm, I'm not going to be able to move. It's all going to be crap. But yeah, I think that's probably the closest I've come to bullshitting on my CV and yeah. maybe just like, kind of as why I should most people do, just inflating everything. Everything. Yeah. And there's, there's also definitely, I don't think it's actually on there anymore. Um, but there was previously a paragraph from where I interned put 
the my family friend who I interned for basically wrote that paragraph for me. Ah, uh, and uh. so I'd be like, mm-hmm, now you can definitely speak like this and do all of these things at age eighteen. Yeah. Um. Oh, it's even better if someone else writes it for you. Yeah. I actually think I got. I can't remember who How wrote mine. Have you reported an OCV? One moment, please call. Let me find my CV. (laughs) (laughs) I actually don't think so. I am in a similar boat to you. I once had the opportunity to write my own reference letter (laughs) because my boss was like, here you go. Here's the working document. And they were like, oh, just update it however you want to. Thank you so much. Yes, I will. And I was like, okay. Um... Yes, so I once was able to write myself a reference, which I had an, a whole series of references. So it wasn't like it was my only reference and it was what I relied on, yes. but I did pretty much just copy the other, I think I had three. So I just copied them and like compiled it. And just again, expanded on the truth because yes. just to push that out a little bit. 100%. Let me just see if I could just it's not have a moment. About what you have done, but it's what you can do. Exactly. And that's what you want to build on. Push the limits. Yeah. So, my most recent version of my CV, I've got my background, which mm-hmm. is true. It's about me being well traveled. That is true. Um, uh, here we go. I love the buzz of being able to play a part in a brand's success through the implementation of a strong strategy that goes in above and beyond to set and beat goals. That's very impressive. Very impressive. <laughs> very impressive. Do I love the buzz? Ah, I need love, a job. <laughs> do you love the buzz though? I don't know anymore. I really don't know, but I definitely didn't. I wasn't sitting there like, oh my god, I just, oh my god, I, just I was just trying to hype myself up again. Is that what you would say to someone when someone asks why you are in the role you're in? Absolutely not. When someone asks me why, ooh. No, but if like, or in the sector that you're in, if someone asks you not, take a, put aside yeah. the company that you work for and mm-hmm. everything else, if someone said to you, Maddie, why do you do your job? Like, I don't actually have an answer for you. I just... Um, I'm going to say it is because I am, it's the only thing I'm good at. (laughs) Okay, why did you want to get into it? Let's go back there. Yeah, let's, can't tell you. Actually couldn't tell you. Very good job. This isn't a job interview. (laughs) Yeah. Holy shit. Never thought about this. Really should rethink my life. Which, to be fair, I am at the moment. But mm, I don't know. I'm really in a stage of like, I just don't know what I want to do. Yeah. I don't know who I want to be. I don't know. I'm past the fact that I'm 25. You've basically killed it. Okay, well, other than that, I think I've still got... Oh, here, this is where... This is actually a really good point. I have, on my CV, under education, I have Raffles College of Higher Education, Singapore. And I put the date that I started, fashion design and marketing course. 
Interesting. I think my dad told me to do that. Interesting. Yes. Would you take that off, do you think? I actually would be quite nervous to take that off. But mainly my biggest thing on there is the fact put- that it's in Singapore and it's a really prestigious yeah. Yeah. college. I didn't realize it was the raffles. Oh. The person who basically started Singapore. I need to. There's a really interesting podcast actually about his life. Ah. Huh. And because he started the London Zoo as well. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. 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 There you go. I mean, like, I would agree with having it on there. So do you yeah. put the date that you finished as well, or do you no, just put the date you started? Just 2015. So if someone asked you about that, say when a job interview, and they're going through and they say, "Ah, oh, so tell me about this fashion design marketing course," like, can you? Okay, so... What would you say? I think maybe two years ago, I would have absolutely elaborated and, like, probably fluffed it up to the max uh-huh. to make it sound like I went to uni and stayed at uni and only stayed for as long as I needed to stay. If someone asked me about it now, I would turn around and say, I started university and I hated it and I dropped out. Okay. I would actually be a lot more honest about it okay. because I and feel like now I've got the experience and stuff to back me. I think also this helps is, like, having this... Mm. and having an open platform to talk about it follow-up question <laughs> yeah. okay so they said okay so you okay interviewer <laughs> <laughs> okay recruitment lady <laughs> <laughs> no so okay so you dropped out of uni mm-hmm. so why have you put it on your cv oh because yeah it, oh yeah who are you hiring <laughs> um <laughs> You should have you thought about recruitment? No, I'd rather die than Yeah, same. <laughs> um I think I would just say because it is part of my education and it is part of what shapes what has shaped my career. That is a very good answer. Oh yeah, I'm gonna put that on my C V. That is a very good answer. I should actually just put that on there. Fashion design and marketing course. This is part of I should put dropped out, this has shaped my career. Yeah, you should. Mm, not brave enough yet, but maybe in a but year. Maybe in a year. <laughs> no, but you should. Like, yeah? Yeah, because I think... Be more proud about dropping out of it. a strong answer that you can say with conviction to, like, back that. Mm. And you feel no shame, as you absolutely shouldn't feel any shame. Mm-hmm. Then, like... I think that it's all good to have it on there. But I think if you were, if you had turned around then and been like, oh, no, um, and like had still felt shame about yeah. it, it would have been like, just take it off because yeah. you're not being honest with yourself about why it's on there and how that's shaped you. But because you are like, I dropped out. Mm-hmm. It wasn't for me. It's shaped. It has been part of the process that shaped who I am. So... Take that, motherfuckers. Motherfuckers. Okay. I... Job interview advice, don't use word motherfuckers. (laughs) I wouldn't have thought. local recruiter. (laughs) I have something in front of me. Oh, no. I have your old CV. Oh, no. Your pre-New Zealand CV. Oh, yeah. I told you. No, 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 no. (laughs) I told you I was going to... What, the one I used when I was moving here? Yeah. Okay. That is my latest CV. I actually haven't updated my CV since. I think you've, I think you did update it. I think it was the one pre that because you sent it to me 
and I sent you mine yes. in return. Yes, I do remember this. On my birthday. So it was pre-coming to New Zealand. Is it just like... Can I subscribe just to see what it looks like? It's black and white. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah, that's, yeah. that's the one you I know used. the one? That's the one I used when I was moving here. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Are you a driven <sighs> and outgoing communications and digital marketing professional looking to build a life and career in New Zealand? Um, yes, and also no. <laughs> so, pass. Pass. So, oh God, it's come back to bite me. Oh. <laughs> um, so, yes and no. Actually, no, I stand by that statement mm-hmm. because, but I would almost, do you find you have quite a complicated relationship with the term marketing? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Agree. Because I absolutely love what I do now. Yeah. Like there are days when, days like today when I struggle to find the energy and things like that, but I think it's just like generally life. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but I, I really, really love what I do. And so that is very so much sits in the communication space. Now, PR is an arm of marketing. Yes. In the same way, like, lots of things and lots of different arms of marketing yeah but i do sometimes feel as i've stepped away from what is considered marketing marketing marketing, yeah marketing marketing yeah and like sometimes when i say marketing i'm like no i don't want to say i work in marketing not because not because marketing is rubbish because it's not marketing is fantastic and it's an awesome thing to work in yeah but i don't feel like it reflects your job what i work in anymore i feel like that saying i work in prs like it is its own thing yeah and like yeah and so i would say i'm definitely a, a communicate but then also i do still do like digital marketing type things within my job like i do still have um social clients and that through yeah my job and um, and so that is technically... So yes, I would probably say that yes, that is yeah. an accurate... I think it all comes under communications. Yes. I think communications under... is the best. Yeah, all comes under communications. And driven... <laughs> Depends what day it Depends is. Depends what day it is. And like, yes, I am driven. And actually, I'm driven now to really build the career that I really want. And yeah. get, like, my proper big girl PR career. Because genuinely for a long time, I, I assumed that I'd never be able to work in PR. Yeah. Because it everybody wanted a degree. Everybody wanted... Like, that's why I very nearly went to university yeah. to do a journalism and public relations degree. Yeah. And I got in and it was all there waiting. It just didn't... Sorry. It just didn't... I decided not to go and I'm very glad I didn't. Yeah. But... And now that I'm here, very much down to you, by the way, now that I'm here, it I'm like, actually, I can do it. Yeah. So that job in, like, fashion PR, which is yeah. ultimately where I would like to work. Or, um... <laughs> oh, no. Says here. Oh, no. Oh, no. You have a particularly oh, keen no. interest in finance. Because <laughs> I was working in finance at the time. So you don't want to be a bit of... I could 
can I could see you on Wall here. Street. I could go, yeah, on, I could absolutely go and work you on Wall You gotta do Street. a little bit of math for that, but. No, 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 no. I used to use the percentage calculator website all the damn time. <laughs> I love that website. It's so good, right? It's so good. My boss said, why aren't you doing it by, by brain? Brain. I was like, fuck off, I'm not doing it by my brain. I'm using the percentage calculator website. They invented calculators for a reason. Exactly. Use it. Exactly. But yes, I was working in finance at the time. And actually, it's a super interesting sector. Like, genuinely. It doesn't sound yeah. very interesting. And there's a boring side of it. Like, <laughs> no thank you. But, like, the only thing with financial marketing is that you're very restricted in what you can do and say. Yeah. Because you have to adhere to, like, oh, FCA guidelines. And yeah. And it's just, that's, that's not a particularly interesting side of it. And so you can't. You come up with these campaigns and like these ideas, and it's like that's great. You can't say any of that yeah. without these caveats, big warnings in the exact same size font as you want the rest of the text to be, which means that your post ends up looking like this whole wad, this whole wad of text. And it's like yeah, cool, cool, thank you, I good. Okay, but, sorry. Yeah, continue. Yes, I think it could be, yeah, a possibility now. Yeah, that and yeah, I am driven. Like I'm would I would like to go and live in like Vancouver or New York yeah. or you know even like London or somewhere yeah and do like high-end PR do high-end PR yeah like yeah I, I really, can see it I really freaking enjoy it and I want more money for brushes <laughs> okay Carrie Rachel <laughs> <laughs> I just want nice, more money to buy nice things yeah that's, oh. that's genuinely it. we can stuff. all relate stuff makes me Yes. And one last thing. Okay. And it comes back down because I've also put my education on here. Yeah. But under yours, yeah. you have put your education. And this, for me, it's different because I don't understand the UK schooling mm-hmm. system as much. I do know that in the UK, there is no such thing as nepotism and you pretty much have to... Like, a, it's a lot harder to get a job. Is that correct? I don't want to say no such thing, but... No, um, it, it depends. I would actually say yes and also no. Right. Nepotism does highly, highly exist within the UK. Yeah. In terms of... Hear that, Joseph? Politics. Um, because obviously one thing we have in the UK that we don't have here is we have a system of genuine aristocrats. Yeah. And, like like lords and ladies mm. and things like that like it's not changed in yeah fucking like 500 years so you do get people that go into roles because of their name their title the fact that the father and their father's 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 father held that position mm-hmm. but it is it is slightly harder in some things um but yeah, nepotism one hundred percent exists, and I got my first internship with Kensington, yeah, because I knew the marketing manager, and like that was what really started my mm-hmm. career. Um, but what was the question? I can't remember. Oh god, but uh, nepotism, like in terms of getting a job in the UK. 
being harder because they do look at your college education so they do yes so they do look at your university education 100 percent. but there are but it tends to be like the way nepotism works primarily in the uk is yeah. like the posher people and ordinarily they will have also gone to like the decent universities mm. because of purely because of who they are yeah um and then kind of it comes through gotcha so and actually one thing about i think a lot of sort of like uk universities is you meet connections a lot yeah connect the the reason people go sometimes is to meet those connections and meet those that network and create that network create the network and you know you get professors that will put you forward for jobs and you have them that not are not just i mean like you do it universities all over the whole all over the world that they're not just professors they also work in yeah in in the industry and that's how you build contacts there but yeah i think yeah nepotism is a weird one in the uk because it it's a lot to do with like who you are who you are right and your status yeah interesting Mm. do you think that now would you still put your education on your CV? Or do you think we almost have a point of difference by taking it completely off our CVs? I think I'd probably still put my A-levels on there because I would want it to be known that my A-levels were there. Yeah. But I remember actually getting this question um when i got my very first marketing job in fact so my i mean it's the grades are not are not like the same as they are in new zealand but yeah so my gcse grades were considerably better than my a level grades a b in maths and an a in english yeah so and then i went down to all c's for my a levels which is not bad like genuinely it's not bad but what that also doesn't show Mm. is that i also got a d in drama so i was a terrible fucking drama teacher he was awful yeah but and he fluffed up the whole thing and i just it just was not a great time yeah um so i obviously don't put that d on yeah there. and i shouldn't i to be honest with you, i also should not have taken four a levels all the way up to a2 one of my biggest regrets genuinely is doing that i should have yeah. taken three subjects and actually done better at them yeah anyway i remember getting that question from an interviewer and being like can you, I'm a bit confused, can you tell me what happened here while you went from this in your GCSEs to this in your A-levels? And the jump from GCSEs to A-levels, this is obviously, mm. this is so unbelievable, me should be put her in the UK, I'm afraid. <laughs> um, but the jump from GCSEs to A-levels is really hard. So you yeah. do GCSEs at like 16 and then you do AS and A2, both of which combined make up your A-levels and you do yeah. that at 17 and 18. Yeah. And the jump is really big, it's hard. And but I personally went through I think we'd probably safely call it a mental breakdown yeah. at sixteen. And it took me the best part of two years mm. to recover from it. And very unfortunately, <laughs> that was then the two years that I did yeah, A-levels. My, my A levels. Gotcha. So it was and I rem- I I answered with that. Yeah. In this job interview, I said I suffered a quite severe mental breakdown. I arrived, uh, this is when I went back to go and live with my dad, and I was like, I arrived as like a little shell of a mm. being. 
and had to rebuild everything right from almost right from the start yeah and yeah it just happened that the a-levels <laughs> coincided with that yeah but yeah i was completely honest about it and but yeah going back to your original question i think i'd probably keep my a-levels on there but i'd almost i wouldn't break them down i'd probably just be like three c grade a-levels yeah and then if they wanted to know more they'd know more but i'd, I'd probably take my gcse's yeah off there now yeah interesting what would you do do you think you're at the point of keeping your education on there or yeah I'm like I'm 50 50 I think like I'm running out of space and I've got to prioritize <laughs> I I just don't know what to prioritize anymore and I think like I will revisit it probably in the near future um yeah that's a question for you mm. what do you what do you prioritize and put on there job wise do you put like your three most recent jobs or do yes. you put yes because I don't know from experience but I know from having talked to a lot of recruiters and like a lot of people that have been in that hiring position like for the companies I work for or even for the roles that I've got in is people do not want to read five pages of experience they could not care less or recruiter all your cv needs to do is communicate your experience communicate the skills that you have and communicate how you're going to benefit them as a company well that's like your cover letter or whatever else you want to do um so i have currently i've got like my freelance work mm-hmm. um freelance social media manager and content creator is what i've put I need to update my current job title mm-hmm. for my current job. And then I've got my marketing comms specialist. Mm-hmm. I've got the assistant director role on there. And then I've also got marketing and PR coordinator from Singapore. Yeah, That one's probably, as much as I don't want to, that one's probably going to have to drop off soon. Yeah, Or the assistant director one. But there's a whole lot of leadership stuff in there that I probably want to keep. Yes. And um, I think the the assistant director it adds a there's like a point of difference yeah like a real point of difference and i find that it's a really interesting thing to talk to people about and yeah it's like when you go into the experience it like yeah it as i say for you especially in that role it highlights the leadership skills it highlights yeah people management and yeah yeah so i don't know which ones and I mean, like the Singapore one is a very different skill set that I picked up from there that I still, that's like my PR side that mm. I haven't pushed further. I guess for me, it's always been there, mm. but I haven't had that opportunity yet to explore more. Mm. Um, so I don't know. I might even, I would even probably take that agency, the other agency off before I took my Singapore one off even though that is earlier than so that was 2017 to 2018 and then the other agency was 21 to 22 it's about it's yeah it's about what you want people to see and identify in terms of skills yeah yeah I can 100% understand that yeah and sometimes when you have roles that are too not that are too similar if you have too many roles that are too similar you want to make sure that you are showing the difference that difference yeah and I think as well like it's I don't know about you but I find it that I need 
well, I don't need, but the having that job there from my Singapore life mm. and then my American life has given me almost that point of difference that, as you say, is a talking point, but also when someone looks at this, they're kind of like, oh, this girl just hasn't gone, worked her way through a university degree maybe and then just gone straight into a job in her local community like those experiences that Mm. I've pulled from my travels and working in other cultures and that's where I have to be like that's my point of difference and I might not have the education that you want me to have but actually I've got these other skills I've worked you know I've worked in Singapore I've worked in the US like I've I did have my Australia one on there for a while and then I I was like well that's not as valuable (laughs) manager of a retail store but manager of a retail store is a very important some bikinis which is one of the hardest things to sell yeah i bet it is yeah because people hate themselves so much so you're always like yeah you look banging and then i'd be like you know i think maybe you should try this one on (laughs) the only thing worse than bikini shopping is jeans shopping oh abercrombie man i'm in love with that place those jeans are so good they've transformed me Oh, I know. Even when I bought the tall, and the tall's like too long, and I'm like, whoa, what if the extra, what if I bought the extra tall? Um, oh, I had a question for you, and it's just gone out of my mind. Oh my god. Oh, that's gonna really annoy me. Ah, no, I remember, I remember. I've got one more for you after this as well. Okay. So, when, I remember when I did did a little bit of research on. Mm. Um, applying for jobs over here and your comment about the fact that recruiters and like employers and stuff don't want to read five pages of a CV yeah. like and I was reading like a lot of oh in New Zealand they want one page and it all has to be on one page yeah so my previously my CV before this one was on two pages yeah like it is pretty normal and standard in the UK to have mm. it on to have like almost two full sides yeah of, of an a4 page yeah anything more you're a bit like mm. yeah and like yeah and it's um it's also more standard i mean i think because previously i wasn't necessarily applying for jobs in a creative role yeah so like my cv didn't look like not that it's particularly yeah. like creative now but yeah it's more so a lot more so than it was it was literally just a word document yeah with like the information on it and as i say it was on two pages yeah and so yeah so obviously um, you know, and that's why I was like, oh, I'm really excited to see your CV, so I mm. can, you know, from someone that's been in that it works in the New Zealand market, and and then I remember going to one recruiter, and the mean one, and she was like, it doesn't need to just be on one page; it can be on two pages, because she said to me to put a load of stuff on there, and I was like, it doesn't fit, like yeah, I, it, like I, yeah, I, I physically can't fit it onto the page, and she's like, oh, it doesn't have to be, I have not have to be on one page; that's a myth. Like, oh, oh, interesting. interesting what is your viewpoint on that in terms of your previous job hunts I think the best piece of advice that I've had and that's mm. like a personal like piece of advice is when you think about having your CV if someone were to print all the CVs out and put them in a stack you want yours number one to be able to be printed in black and white but still be attention grabbing Mm. again that could be for just our industry like I know that if it was probably Joe's he probably wouldn't want to make his CV look like mine because (laughs) they might take the piss of him in the international security space but 
for me in the marketing and the creative world, it was, it must be able to be printed out in black and white because not everyone has color, but it, you must still have like some point of interest. And without having to search, people need to be able to know what you do. They need to be able to find their way around it easily. So like, it's like the rule of design. Like if you were to look at my CV, you, have you seen those things on LinkedIn where they're like, you're going to read this first and then you'll probably read this. And then if you're still interested, you might go back and read this. So it's very much like that. So it's got my name Mm -hmm. big. Yeah. It's got what I do big. Yeah. And then it's kind of got, these should even probably be better highlighted. It's got my job titles bold and big. And then everything flows under that. Mm. And then background strengths, skills, hobbies are really easy to understand and absorb. You can find my contact details really easily. My hobbies, I haven't listed them out. Jeremy actually did me some, I did up some icons for me. I can remember when Jeremy did these because you did them in 2018. Did I? Yeah, because I remember you you were putting your CV together and we're talking to you about this when we were in the cabin. And you were doing your CV and you were like, oh, my brother did me these little icons. Yeah, he designed them. Yeah. Super cute. And I'm dying still at legit. the first one is still is shopping. <laughs> shopping. <laughs> I know. Well, it doesn't matter. Do I have any other hobbies? Um, you need to change this so it looks more like Florence. Yeah. <laughs> Actually need to change. Hey, Jeremy. Auntie Jeremy. We need a bit of a CV update. And this probably to be gardening. What is this reading? Yeah. <laughs> Learning. <laughs> Being educated. Yeah. Duh. Oh, and it says here that I am certified in Google Display and search advertising. Yeah. Which I'm not, but I was, and I can renew it pretty quickly. Yeah. So, yeah. And you were so if it's required. Time, so it's much of a muchness. Yeah. Anyway, so that's that's how I see it. I mm. again, if I was hiring someone, I wouldn't want to um, look through ten pages. But it depends what role you're in. It depends yeah. the industry. Yes, yeah, that's that's the biggest thing. Yeah. it's so industry dependent. Yeah, like you say, you probably couldn't give this CV if you were applying for a job like Joe has. Yeah, they'd probably laugh at me. You'd be like, they'd wow. definitely laugh at me. It's real pretty. <laughs> Thanks like, for this. You look really nice, but <laughs> this is invalid. But it would just be because, yeah, that's yeah. not what the the design section is not what they're interested in. Because yeah. when you were applying for a job like that, it's. And when you're applying for such specialist roles, if you've made it to the point where they're looking at your CV, mm. they're going to read your CV. Yeah. And that's yeah. that's the difference. That's the thing when yeah. you apply for certain roles is that you are probably sitting in such a small pile of CVs that... They'll read it. They're gonna, and yeah. because the role that you're going for, they're going to read every single detail yeah. of it. And I think a lot of people will either agree or disagree with me on this, but I really believe that your CV and your cover letter, if you have to write one, I would rather do like something more Mm. personalized. But anyway, your CV doesn't get you the job. The CV gets you into an interview room and you get you the job. Your CV is not there to get you a job. Your CV is there to get you an interview. And that's how you have to look at it. Is, is there enough on here to not bore someone, <laughs> yeah. but also at the same time to make them interested enough yeah. to want to have that conversation yeah. with me? To pique that initial interest mm. and think, oh, this person has has something. Let's mm. see where we go. Like you say, 
then you go into the interview room that's where that's where you get your job i yeah that's where you sell yourself yeah okay my final question for you is um we're not going back to my cv no we're not i just i want to know if you were to rewrite your cv tomorrow Mm. what are like what are the key things that you think make a good cv like what should people worry about and what should people not worry about okay worry about format and spelling oh my god yes because nothing nothing stands out more Mm. than when you have not proofread your cv yeah like i remember when i left my job in when i left my job back in um april march time this year yeah and the when they re-advertised it they sent me through like i'm just being enough signs getting to look at the cvs that were coming through for the role and some of the people my god yeah like the way <sighs> oh can we just touch on it was you right that got the cv that was like i like to make smoothies yes yes it was so we got this we got this cv come through from this from this woman who was was working as a jenny craig <laughs> so she was and she was also like trying to make it as a sort of fitness influencer so she so I think she sort of saw the role that was being advertised, saw like social media, marketing, blah, 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 and was like, oh, yeah, I can do this. My God. So she created this, this like bar chart thing or like rating system, which could have been funny. Yeah. And like there are times obviously when you see all these amazing CVs, like you see people that apply for jobs at like Spotify. Yeah. And they make it. Can you just lie down? Um... And they make it seem, they make it like, do it in like the Spotify layout. Really cool. Awesome. I think she thought she was doing something with this, but basically she created this thing and it was like, and she also put in like hard working or something like a six out of 10. She put some, she put something really like, oh no, or like something like this, but then smoothie making was like a 10. And it was like, oh, oh my, god. my god. Oh my oh god. Oh no. And yeah, she'd put all the skills that you actually want that you'd realistically never rate yourself out of, certainly not on paper, so because you could be tormented about it forever. And she'd also like designed it in Word using like clip art. Did she have a degree? She didn't, no. She's one of us. She's one of us. <laughs> <laughs> but that was horrendous. And it's really, like, in that situation, she really should have weighed up Mm. what was going to be, like, a little quirky. Yeah. And what really just didn't work. Yeah. Okay, we're going to circle back to this because I actually have something else that I want to add. Oh, God. But I also want to hear your answer to my initial question because um, my ADD brain is just jumping from thing to thing. <laughs> okay, yeah. So proofread your bloody CV. Yeah. Because it immediately stands out when you've made a mistake or when there's a spacing error. Like, do your CV, it's all great. Genuinely take half an hour picking mm. through it. Because, like you say, you're, this is what gets you to the interview room. 
And you will get people that will look at a CV be like, oh, that's a spelling mistake. Goodbye. You could be perfectly qualified for that job and people will genuinely biff your CV for spelling mistakes and errors because they're like, oh, well, it's clearly not attention to detail. That's clearly not... You've lied. You've lied. Like, <laughs> it's it's just, uh, we're not going to get you in for an interview because there's no point. Yeah. Fair enough. Um, if you've got a lot to get through, but it's an easy way to vet it. On your CV as well. Also, a secondary note. Yes. Don't, put your CV. don't, don't lie to the point that we all enhance what we do. Like, we, you know, we've just spoken about. Yeah. Don't lie to the point where you're not going to be able to get yourself out of it and where <laughs> you are like clearly like you know the whole point of getting a new job is that you push yourself into new comfort zones yeah but you don't want to put yourself so far into the deep end that you fucking drown entirely <laughs> um that's why we've got three months that's probation yeah. <laughs> <laughs> probation that's called um, to a trial yeah i think it is called probation actually. yeah it probably is yeah it's called probation like prison. <laughs> anyway um but do on your cv Make sure you're talking about, like, the best of yourself. Yeah. Like, it's really it's really challenging, actually, sometimes to write a CV because it talking about yourself in, like, a, I'm really good at this, I'm really good at that, yeah. it's, it's hard. But, yeah, just highlight, highlight the best of yourself because that's literally what that CV is there to do. It's not, you're not, it's not being braggy, you're not doing it. Like, it's absolutely fine for that to be a great reflection of you and the hard work that you put in. Yeah. What would you not... Do's and don'ts. Do's and don'ts. Do's and don'ts. I would definitely go what you've said about don'ts, like grammar, spelling, layout. And the layout doesn't have to be complicated. If you're not confident making it, like... Yeah, just Word document. Word document. Or a template. So many templates. So many templates. Follow the advice you did earlier. Make the important stuff bold. Follow through. And that's that would actually be my do is don't go into paragraphs about things. Literally, I I would say bullet points with the information, expand on it, but don't write a paragraph under each work experience because yeah. it's harder for people to read. Mm-hmm. It's harder for them to get the main idea of what you're trying to say. Whereas a bullet point is like a top line overview. They can understand what experience you've got. They can understand to what extent. I think I have like... What did I, I think I might even have like bullet points where it says responsibilities and achievements. Mm. So I have a heading under responsibilities and I put bullet point, bullet point, bullet point, and then I put achievements. So like what are my main achievements? And an example of this is like helped win and grow several, several new client accounts, introduced and trained clients, um, introduced new product for training clients and strategy. Mm. So and that's like my achievements and a lot of other interesting things promoted from intern to full-time role in five weeks yeah that's an achievement Um, achievement. responsibility full management of digital accounts and brand reputation in digital space yeah there you go that's kind of like the overline anyway those are my do's and my don'ts funniest cv you have ever seen because i just thought of one and it was the most fucking hilarious thing I think I've seen in my life what's the funniest CV I've ever seen um, to be honest with you a strong contender for the funniest CV I've ever seen is probably that smoothie making one smoothie gal smoothie gal and it was just 
that's like yeah that was it what and it i think it was that she it wasn't it wasn't being hard working i'll have to double check this with maddie it wasn't being hard working it was something that you really don't rate yourself as a six out of ten on when you're trying to apply for a fucking job like driven or something uh, it was yeah i think it was something like being driven and it was like six out of ten <laughs> movie making ten out of ten <laughs> Um, you go girl maybe you're in the wrong profession in the wrong profession you should be a professional smoothie maker which is a profession that Maddie and I have considered this week yes we have I'm actually I've actually thought about this quite a lot it's been sitting in the back of my brain and I was going to mention it to you even if like we did like Saturday markets that would be so fun the only thing invest is, in right, a caravan or something is that you have to like get food and health health, health, health standard yeah yeah, I know that's that's Small. where my brain went yeah. to as well, and yeah. I was like, because if we could just like go out there with our little Nutribullet and yeah. be like smoothies, smoothies for everyone, um, then yeah, awesome. Doing health and safety, we could probably do it on the down low in the park. Yeah, because then True. we're operating out of our own premise, and we're just like, True, oh, homemade. Do we have to like? If we're selling them, do we have to? Or we could just go down by the Foursquare. Well, I was just going to say, how do the kids sell lemonade on the side of the fucking road? <laughs> There's got to be a way. There's got to be a loophole. Um, we could just sell lemonade. True, we could just sell lemonade. We've got enough fucking lemons. <laughs> and orangeade. Um, Ooh. Yes, and I've, I've seen other ones as well where they've just been like, the spelling has been terrible. Oh, I know. They've had really awful pictures and they've included really stupid, irrelevant work experience. But yeah, the smoothie making one was... Highlight. Uh, the highlight. What is the okay. funniest CV you've ever seen? So it didn't come straight to me, but it came into the work environment mm. and it was for a marketing style role. Yeah. And this person, it was a male... And he had put the funniest fucking shit on there. I think he was trying to be funny, but he just really just did not understand. Again, same sort of thing, like missed the mark completely. And he put something like, like strengths. And then he was like, my big, strong muscles. Like he honestly talked to himself and it was like being able to talk to, talk shit to anyone like in the office Oh my gosh, it was hilarious. And he put like a photo of him in the gym. Stop. It was incredible. I need to see if I can find this for you. Oh no. I must and have it... a screenshot somewhere. Just like this such. It was the cringest thing I think I've ever seen. So and like just his aspirate. he put an aspirational quote in there. Oh no. And it was just like, you need to, you need to calm down. You need to calm down. Like. <laughs> It, there is such a fine line between, like, what is funny yeah. and what is not. Understand the audience. Understand the audience. Understand, like, absolutely, if you're going to go and work at Lesnar's, yeah. put something like that in. Yeah. Cause it's show like, them how good of a spin instructor you'd be. Show them how good of a spin instructor you'd be, even if you wanted to go and work at, like, the head office and their marketing team. That actually sounds kind of fun. Oh, I would love to work for their marketing team. Um, like, that that's different. But when mm. you, like... And I think this is actually also a, quite a common misconception about marketing, is that it's all fun all the time. Ugh. And it's not. <laughs> I don't remember the last fun thing I've done for my job uh, in marketing like you get to go to pr events that's what i miss the most about pr actually yeah pr like, events yeah um, organizing them was less was less fun to be honest yeah um 
but yeah like but marketing and there's so many different streams of marketing but it isn't it isn't just an all fun all profession all the time i think sometimes when you say to people you work in marketing they're like oh so you just do like nothing for a job then yeah you just sit on tiktok all day i'm like oh i wish i fucking wish (laughs) i actually said that in my one-on-one the other day i was like sometimes i just want to be responsible for one social media account and be told you just need to make five tiktoks today and i said you know what i would happily go off and make you five fucking awesome tiktoks but no there's other responsibilities (laughs) (laughs) it's when as like a fun and sparkles marketing girl you are expected to then be a numbers yeah and then they were kind of like, okay, well, we can change your job if you want. And I was like, no, 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 no. I'm fine. I'm, I'm fine. fine. I just floating, just floating the idea. I just sometimes wish that I could just make TikToks. Just one day. day a week was all I want is my KPI to be five TikToks a day. Also, speaking of which, we're now on TikTok. I know. Yes. We made a TikTok earlier. Yeah. Okay. I think we're done with CVs. Um, <laughs> <laughs> this was, that was nice. This felt productive. Yeah. See, I'm pretty good at running this shit. Oh my God. Look at this coming from my fucking job. Yeah. You want to edit? No. no <laughs> okay. <laughs> no, I don't. <laughs> uh, anyway, we're on TikTok. We, we made a TikTok. TikTok. We made a TikTok. It was actually... Also, TikTok posted, this is how terrible we are. TikTok, I changed the cover photo, no, the profile photo on our TikTok, and then it, did a, it made a TikTok about it. <laughs> <laughs> and I had like 300 views. I was like, how do we stop this? Oh, no. I wonder if it's had more. Should we have a look? Oh, no. Yeah, I don't, I don't love TikTok. TikTok, TikTok oh. made a TikTok for us. Oh, no. Oh, and I'm not going to post that Sims one of me. <laughs> Confirm. <laughs> um, yeah. Oh, someone started following us. We've got two followers. Yeah, look. <laughs> said 300. The donuts? I know. What is happening? Oh, stop it. This is like a child made it. Who? Oh, of course. That's that is actually so funny. Of course. Doesn't follow us, though. Oh. oh, no. They do. Yeah. Okay. Anyway, we've got three followers. What? We are. We are. Oh, it's had 800 views. These are our years, Kendall. I'm 25. You're like 30. And 10 likes? 27. Oh. Basically 30. These are yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. We are now famous TikTok stars. Um, yeah. 300 views. Check you, us you, out. You tweens should watch your back. Are we going to be on it? Um, That's going to be like, a, we've decided it's going to be our fun place. Anyway, is it time? It's time. I've got to consult my See how I did that? So it like we'll cut it in, cut it out, oh. and I made a fade in, fade out. Oh my god, look at you. See, like producer. Like a, like a fucking acapella singer. Oh yeah. Okay. We're gonna start the culture round off, round up <laughs> with the fact that we don't still don't have Taylor Swift tickets. We went to so we went to go and see the Eras Tour movie at the weekend. And if we didn't want tickets before it's that's like intensified by about a thousand yeah now. if not more and if also if you'd have said so you're gonna go and watch a film of a concert 
and you're going to sit in the cinema for three whole hours and watch it, you'd have been like, no, I'm not. Yeah. Yeah. And we want to go watch it again. We want to go and watch it again. And we both cried. <laughs> Let's both, just put that out there. We both cried. And then when she said, when she gets to the moment at the end of the, it's, it's the end of the oh. red set, and she said, and there's this one final song I want to play from Meb, and like I hope you guys can just be with me for the next 10 minutes. We oh. were just holding each other's hand like, <laughs> we're not ready. It was... And then we sat in the theatre and, and sang the 10-minute version of All Too well, well. well. It was just incredible. Thank God we all, I have to say, thank God we didn't have any of those, like, you know, the scenes that you've, we've been seeing. Yeah. Like, See, I would have loved that. It would have been like a little mini concert. I, and you would have, like, bonded with all these I people. I think I would, if I would go and see it again, I'd love that. Yeah. The first time, just wanted to just be in the moment. But... My, sorry, my whole leg. I can't feel my oh, leg. Things, uh, what is happening? Sorry, sorry. Um, the first time, yeah, I'm just happy for it to just for us to just be, in the be moment. there in the moment. When we go and see it again, yeah, we should start dance row. We, we should, should actually get seats at the back. Yeah, we should get seats at the back so that we can be like. I reckon we go see it in the wife and I cinema cinema because they've got the little oh, couches, little couches. And then we can go glass of wine as well. Oh, that's And then we idea. can sit there and at the very back and have our wine and yes, dance. That's a good idea. Yes. Yeah, full of them. Ooh. Ooh. Sam, next week. Woo-hoo. Week after. Yeah, week after. Um, I've also apparently, Travis Kelsey has bought a new $6 million house in Kansas City for privacy for him and Taylor Swift. And there's a, I saw a really funny meme today. Oh, <laughs> he's just throwing the money up. At a, um, for a six million dollars. Someone, someone said, um, "Do you think that Taylor Swift is with Travis Kelsey for his money?" And it's like, yeah. So Travis Kelsey makes um, about thirteen million dollars a year playing football. <laughs> Let's just look at how much money Taylor Swift makes. <laughs> Taylor Swift makes about thirteen million dollars per year. <laughs> so, on top of everything that she makes from her music yes yeah i don't i don't think i don't think she's with him for his money for the money interesting yeah okay so can you explain this whole um why he's has he's been chasing her the friendship yeah, bracelet so thing he gave her so when it when they very first started dating he gave her a friendship bracelet or so there was rumors that he'd given her this friendship bracelet with his phone number on it mm-hmm. and then and then it was sort of been like, yeah, I kind of like shot my shot. I think he might have spoken about it on the podcast he has with his brother. Yeah. And then sort of like, it was then the rumours like, were like, oh, Taylor Swift and Travis Kelsey. And then she showed up at his game. Yeah. And then he, she showed up at another game. Yeah. And then he was sort of appearing and then he appeared leaving her apartment. Like, yeah. And then it just all kind of snowballed from there. they're together. But yeah, and there's a video of him making the friendship bracelets. Also, an other fact, Taylor Swift's dancer, one of Taylor Swift's dancers, you know, the, the really lovely one that like, she hands the microphone to. Oh, yeah. Yes. His brother plays football for the Kansas City Chiefs with Travis Kelsey. The invisible string really do be invisible stringing. 
Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, is this the one I did see an article that was like someone that she was connected to, his brother Travis, like yeah. Travis got through yeah, 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 that yeah. loop? Yeah. That is so interesting. Yeah. So has he, how long has he been in, in love with her? Well, I think it, when did it start? It started in... <laughs> his obsession with Taylor Swift. His obsession with Taylor Swift. I think it started, it must be a couple of months now. I want to say it's when it was before, because the tour ended in um, America, what, in August or July? Yeah. Did he come back? I can't remember. I think he'd come back and it ended. It was, yeah. It, so it's been like, this has been happening since sort of late July, early August. Yeah. And like I was saying earlier, they both appeared on SNL mm. this weekend. I know. So Pete Davidson did that sketch, which was him pretending to be a football commentator, but just dressed entirely in Taylor Swift. And he's like, Blondie hasn't shown up yet, so I've kind of lost all interest. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then, yeah, and they cut to being like, and now we're going to speak to someone who's actually interested in football. And it cuts to Travis Kelsey. And then Taylor Swift introduces Ice Spice. So they were both there, and they were both... <laughs> way, to, way to boost your fame, Travis. And, and no he, one knew who you were. And he left her apartment in a little green tracksuit. Oh, I know. And it's... The photos of those two the together. The photos of them holding her... Oh. He holds her hand. Like, he's holding a football. Huh. So he'll have, like... He has her hand. Yeah. And he has his hand here. And then he also sort of has his hand here. So he holds it like it's a football. Oh, like two hands? Yeah, he holds two hands. Aww. And oh, I'm, this is something that you, I feel you'd really appreciate. She is, I think she's the same height as you. She's 5'11". Yeah. She can wear four inch heels and still be looking up at him. Oh, Joe, get out the way. I want Travis Kelsey. And, like, she, her height has always been something she's been quite self-conscious of. Yeah. And, you know, whenever she stands next to people, she's sort of always, like, you can see she's like, I feel quite comfortable with the fact that I am much taller. Taller, yeah. Um, you know, something I know that you can relate to. And whereas you can see it, like, her, like, beaming about the fact that she... Like that he is yeah. not that it, not that it's like the be all and end all that he's taller than her. That's absolutely not what I'm saying. But yeah. you can see that she isn't. She doesn't feel like sort of like an odd one out type thing. Yeah, and that she just genuinely looks really glowy and really happy. If they don't work out, not actually sure what we're all gonna do. That's all right. She is the same height as me. I've always thought she was just like one of those because she's so petite. That she looks taller than she is. No, she's five eleven. She's tall. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. She's yeah. Yeah, she's tall. So Taylor Swift and I are the same height. Oh my god, it's a sign. Taylor Swift, you should give us tickets. Yeah, Taylor. <laughs> um, but yes, and so as I was also saying to you earlier, so Bradley Cooper and Gigi Hadid. I know. I saw that. Um, There's a twenty year age gap in between them. Is that actually? Yeah, Bradley Cooper is twenty. Is like forty eight, I think. Oh. Um, yeah, Bradley Cooper. There's a twenty year age gap between them, but Taylor Swift has loaned them apparently her Rhode Island home so they can have some privacy away from the city. Yes. Tell you what, never really came to light fully was what happened in the end between Gigi Hadid and Zayn Malik. 
No, it was very. It was very that whole thing of like wraps. he had there was supposedly actually like a physical altercation oh, involving really? her mother. Yeah, and yeah, like he attacked her mother. I don't or... know. It's all a bit. It's all a bit strange and yeah. Interesting. And, I mean, they obviously stopped, they started their daughter together, of course. Um, who is now three, I think. Right? Yeah. Um. So yeah, it's. But yeah, they're supposedly dating. Um, I had other culture roundup news. Yeah, SNL came back. Pete Davidson hosted. Unpopular opinion. Like, Pete Davidson is funny, but he's not that funny. Yeah. I remember getting, an- oh, I got a bit annoyed. Because I went through a phase of, like, watching SNL obsessively. Yeah. Last year when I I've was. I've never you know, watched SNL in my life. It's good. I like it a lot. It's good. Um, some of the sketches are not funny. Some of them are really funny, yeah. but some of them are just not. Um, but yes, I got into a, and they last season Pete Davidson, Kate McKinnon, and AD Bryant all left, mm-hmm. and there was this massive thing about Pete leaving, and Kate and AD also left, and Kate and AD were much funnier than yeah. Pete Davidson. Like Kate McKinnon especially, she was hilarious. Yeah, um, and she always plays weird Barbie. She she's the one that plays weird Barbie in the oh, Barbie movie. Oh, that's who she is. Yeah, yeah, that's who she is. Um, and yeah, I remember getting annoyed about that. But Pete Davidson was huge at that time, and he was also dating Kim Kardashian. I was gonna say who was <laughs> Emily, uh, Ariana, <laughs> uh, everybody, everybody. Yeah, I'm the, trying to think of who was the most recent one that was uh, also like, what the fuck? Oh god. After the after Emily. Uh, should we just Emily. have a look of who? Who was someone recently? Yes, he was connected to someone, and it was like, what? People. Pete. People. Pete Davidson dated somehow. Dated. Hold the line, please, callers. <laughs> we should do that one day. We should have callers ringing. Yes, absolutely. I don't recognise some of these names. He must have moved on pretty quick. Yeah, I think he does. Carly Aquilino? Oh. Oh, in 2015. Wait, let me get to the most recent. I hate how they put oldest first. Madeline yeah. Klein? Uh, yes, that's it. That's yes. it. The Outer Banks chick. Yes, 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 yes. Yes, she's yeah, she is ridiculously hot. She's in um, she's in the new, well, not the new, the one that was released last year, um, Knives Out, the Glass Onion one. It's really good. I haven't good. seen that. Knives Out is good. It's not as good as the first film. The first film is also because Chris Evans is in this really amazing cable knit jumper that is amazing. I'm just googling this as we speak. Obsessingly, Chris Can Evans you? married. A 26-year-old. How old's Chris Evans? I don't know. But he... So, <laughs> Chris Evans... <laughs> when he announced he had a girlfriend last Valentine's Day, I remember genuinely feeling, like... Ups- sad? Like, sad. Oh. And upset about it. Because for some absolutely delulu reason... <laughs> Here we like, go. I was like, one day... I'm going to run into Chris Evans. Oh, this is the one you keep telling me about. Yeah. Oh, no, that's actually Henry Cavill. Oh, okay. But <laughs> either or. Either or. I'm going to run in. And Lucy and I have talked about Lucy has the same thing. 
I'm going to run into Chris Evans and we're just going to like bump into each other. We're going to chat. He's going to realize that the thing that has been missing in his life is me. Mm. Like it, it's, it's going to happen. And yeah, when he announced that he had a girlfriend, it was like, what do, you, what, do you what do you mean? And like, I was also in a relationship at the time this was announced, so I shouldn't have been like, and I got genuinely really upset about it. That's all right, because Henry Cavill, Hen- Henry is he Cavill single? also does have a girlfriend too. Okay, we'll find someone else. <laughs> um, but also, and then he when he married a like 26 year old, I was like, I, it could have been me. I manifested the wrong person. This isn't like someone that you're like, you know how sometimes when you picture yourself at your best and yes. then you picture yourself looking like someone else? It wasn't yeah. someone like that, was no, it? it? Oh, wasn't. that's good. No, it wasn't. She, she doesn't, you know. That's fine. No, no, I wouldn't. But yeah, it was like, oh, so it could have been me then. He was interested yeah. in people my age. <laughs> it should have been me. Um, But yeah, so now we're just manifesting a lot. Like American football player would be nice. Travis Kelsey. No, no, no. He's taken. Yeah, I know, but it looks like Travis Kelsey. Like, gonna be pre Taylor Swift. Probably wouldn't have given Travis Kelsey. I would. I didn't know who he was. Didn't know who he was for starters. But I'd have been like, yeah, he's like, he's hot. But like, yeah. But yeah. Yeah. But manifesting a love like. Belly and Conrad and also Belly and Jeremiah mm. and um, unlike Taylor and Travis if it's not that I don't want it we're going to get married so we're going to get married we're manifesting that yes we are it's enough manifesting no more that albums more than Taylor or a manif- love album manifesting my own wedding yeah to be honest yeah same okay no that's a lie she's manifesting her own wedding more than she's because man- your wedding's actually happening yeah. Yeah. Hey, hey, hey! Woo! So exciting. So exciting. And on that note... Goodbye! Bye.